uh, preaching out of uh, Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. If you have your Bibles, uh, feel free to turn there. Um, but I want you to say something to yourself, too. I want you to say, <laughs> you know, I want you to say with me, I am not a crackpot. <laughs> Let's say it again. I am not a crackpot. I waited till Johnny left to to have y'all say that. Because he might be, but come on. No, I love I love Johnny. I'm reading I'm personally reading out of the New King James Version. For those of you who have your uh, Bible apps. Jeremiah 18 verses 1 through 6. And it says, the word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go down to the potter's house. And there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Look, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Now, regardless of what I had you say, this message isn't about crack pots. I just thought it'd be kind of funny to have you say that. But I do believe God doesn't make cracked pots. All right? He's a, he's a potter. We are the clay. God sees the blemishes and the mars long before we have a finished product. Amen? When he has you on the wheel and he has you spinning and he's forming you into whatever he's forming you, when he, when he sees that, when he sees that flaw, he's beginning to deal with that. He's going to mold that. He's going to reshape that. He's going to deal with that while you're still pliable and moldable long before you can potentially become a crack pot. Cracked pot. So I kind of want to talk about that process a little bit this morning. And just full disclosure, not all of this is from me, but hey, there's no need to reinvent the wheel. I agree with Greg on that. If you find something good, inspired of the Lord, you know what? Well, not pleasurized, but go ahead and use what's already been made. Amen? And I don't know a doggone thing about pottery, so I'm, I'm trusting the source that does. But one thing that this speaks to me out of here is the pottery's intention. You know, what is the intention of the potter, first and foremost? He plans to take clay and form that clay into something of profit, into something that's beautiful, into something that's useful, into something that's beneficial. 
Now, an, uh, uh, an earthly potter wants to make something that will reap a benefit, reap a profit to him, bring back some money. This is God's intention as well. He excels in taking clay, though worthless it may seem, and making something beautiful, transforming it by his grace into a vessel of honor fit for the master's use. He doesn't have a whole lot to work with because clay in its purest form is just clumps of what seems to be useless material in the ground that you have to go and dig out. And you got to do a lot of work to that clay before it can become something that you can make into a, a, a beautiful vessel, a vase or a bowl or whatever. Now, I'll try not to make things too um, uh, academic, but um, I just think it's important to know God took us, before we were saved, I think we were just spiritually worthless lumps of clay. Although we were valuable to God, all right, we were just spiritually worthless lumps of clay. And God went out into the mire and the muck, went and found us, dug us up, all right, revealed himself to us. And then began the process of molding us. He put us on the wheel. He put us on the spin cycle. And you know what? We're going to stay on that cycle. We're going to stay on that spin cycle while he's forming Christ into us. Amen? We don't like being on the spin cycle. We want to hop off. We, we don't want it sometimes. Because it's not a pleasant experience. It's not a, it's, it's not a feel good process, but it is a necessary one because he, because he's taking something that was of little worth and he's making it some, he's making it into something that is invaluable. Fit for the master's use. Now, Let's talk about that. The condition of the clay as it is found. Clay as it is found in the ground is not suitable for use. It's dug out, ground, dug out of the ground, brought to the vicinity of the pottery uh, wheel and allowed to weather for weeks. Some of you might feel like you've been weathering for years. The dry material is then dumped into a cement line tank or wooden trough and covered with water. And when the lumps have softened, they are stirred in the water until all have disintegrated. And then this slimy stuff called slip gets formed. How many of you ever did that in class? Any? There's a few people. I, I, I had to do that stuff. It's in the, we're in, back in the rear view mirror now, thank God. The slip is drawn off into settling tanks. Now all the stones and lumps remain behind, and when the clay has settled, the water is drawn off, and the plastic-like material is worked by treading. And the prepared clay is finally packed away and allowed to stand another six months or so before using. In other words, it's not something that is a quick process, all right? Just like God's work in our lives is not a quick process. 
allowed to stand for six months before using, during which time the quality, especially the plasticity, is believed to improve. So it's all, it's all part of God's divine design and purpose for what he wants to do in our lives. So the clay is taken in a useless form, worthless, and it's got to be transformed into a usable state. And this is the process that takes time and energy on the part of the potter. And just think, God is doing that for millions of people around the world simultaneously. You know, talk about how great God is. I mean, I got four kids and I can't keep up with them. And yet God is doing a good work in each and every one of us, like a faithful potter, each individual vessel, all at the same time, all around the world. My God, he's an awesome God. And as I alluded to earlier, I think this is a perfect portrait of those that are lost in sin. You know, we're worthless in our natural condition. However, he's able to see the vessels that he's created us to be. He's able to see the vessels that we can, that we can become. And he begins that process that will bring us to a place where we encounter him and we can start the process of being a vessel of honor that's useful for his purposes. Amen. He digs us out. He washes us clean. He dries us up. I think that's a clear process. You can see how that whole process works from sinner to salvation, but that process also works from, from initial salvation, giving your heart to the Lord to maturity in the Lord. Amen. Romans 3.10, for all, uh, 3.10, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Galatians 3.22, but the scripture has confined all unto sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. Those scriptures all tell us that we're all the same lumps of clay pulled from the same ground. We all start from the same place. And it's not to put you down or anything. We all, the man preaching right here today was the same lump of dirty clay, worthless clay that was pulled out of the dirty ground. And it's only by God's grace that I'm here today. His loving grace. Thank God y'all didn't know me 25 years ago. But we're not going to go there. (laughs) now the potter uses several instruments to bring the place the clay to a place where it is usable first a shovel this is the tool he uses to dig the clay from the earth this is a picture of the spirit of God who comes to where we are in sin and speaks to us in convicting power and draws us to Jesus. Number two, a mallet. After the clay has been cleansed and processed, it is placed on a table 
and beaten with the wooden mallet. Let me say that again. Beaten with the wooden mallet. Now, if y'all are going to be honest here, y'all, y'all feel like you've been beaten by the Lord a few times, haven't you? If not the Lord, then life. That's God with the mallet. I love you. <laughs> I'm lovingly pounding all that mess out of you. The potter does this to remove any air bubbles that might be trapped in the clay. If he doesn't, the air bubbles will form a pocket that will produce a weak spot and cause the vessel to be fragile and unusable. So you see, there's even a purpose in the beating. God is, even though it doesn't feel pleasant, Lord, take your mallet and do what you do. Hit me with it. Get all the air bubble, anything that will make me weak, Anything that would weaken me as a vessel for you, anything that would hinder me from being a vessel of honor, fit for your use to bring you glory and honor, pound it out of me. It ought to be our attitude. And I think that mallet is a picture of trials, calamities. Fiery trials, chastisement from the Lord. Let God deal with us. You know, you know what? If you're trying to uh, run away from, from 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 God's discipline, you know what? You might as well. I, I would encourage you right now to go ahead and just bear up and just take it, because you're running from the thing that is good for your life. You're running from the very thing that you need in order for God. To really take you where he's called you to be. He he wants to love you. He wants to change you. He wants to bring you liberty and freedom and blessing. If you'll let him do it his way, it will be the better for you. Amen? Now, nah, leave that alone. So trials, his chastisement, issues of life, they all tend to work together to shape us in the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8, 28 and 29, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Now, a lot of times we stop there. At verse 28, oh yeah, I like that part. Together for good to those who love God, it all works together. I'm called according to his purpose, so uh, hey, good's coming my way. But we also need to pay attention to verse 29, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed into the image of his son. 
You know, as loving and as good as God is, he doesn't just want to bless you just to bless you. He doesn't just want to, he want. there is a purpose. He wants Christ formed in you. That's the best blessing you can have. Is Christ formed in you. You can get all the other things. He said, don't even worry about what you have need of. You need a place to stay? Give it to him. You need food to eat? Give it to him. You need clothes on your back? Give it to him. Don't worry about that stuff. Let your focus be on allowing Christ to be conformed in you. Put his kingdom first and all his righteousness and let all the other things that you have need of become periphery. Let it all become secondary because what's primary is your relationship with him. Amen? And him being allowed, you yielding and allowing him to do his work in you. And one of these days, they're going to come up with dual screen iPads, and I'm going to love that. All right, so we've got the shovel. We've got the mallet. Now, the wheel. That's where the sausage gets made. Now, there are different ones. They have electric ones now. They have different ones. But I'm just going to describe the one that I have in my notes. It's a large bottom wheel, usually made of stone. It's mounted up on a shaft that sits on a stone socket. Coming out of this large stone is an upright shaft that extends some three feet with another smaller wheel mounted on top. And the potter, using his feet, spins the large lower wheel. As he does, the upper wheel is turned, and this is where the clay is placed, on the upper wheel. And as the clay turns, the potter will place his hands upon it and shape it according to his will. And, you know, I look at that and say, well, God can use anything. He can use, these can be symbolic of circumstances uh, in our lives. That, that he allows to come our way. And life often seems like a large circle. If you watch Lion King, the circle of life. It seems that we're on a spinning wheel. It's like, well, we face this trial. You know what? We come back around and we face this trial again. I just, I've been here before. I think I've seen this problem before. I think I've endured this over and over and over again. We feel like we're on one vicious cycle. You know, and the potter just has us on the spear, on, on the wheel, rotating, dealing with us. Now, we want to just have the problems removed. We want to have the challenges taken off. But the potter is like, no, 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 stay on the wheel. Keep rotating. I'm doing the work in you. Oh, a little attitude. You got marred right there. Okay, let me... All right, you see, y'all are awake. So it seems that we just get past one trial, then here it comes around again. It's hard. When is enough going to be enough? Can we just, can you just chill, God? Just let me have, let me tiptoe through the tulip just a little bit. I'm confused. 
unburdened even David in a lot of his psalms. You can tell he was a bit confused about some things, bit upset, frustrated, vented to God, gave it all to God, unadulterated, I'm mad, you know, I still love you, Lord. Uh, you're just not my favorite person right now. I don't understand all this stuff. I'm not turning my back on you, but I, I'm just being real with you. And you can see as the psalm plays out, you can see his heart begin to turn. He vented it, but he was always working towards God. I'm confused, Lord. I'm mad. I'm upset. Doggone it. I'm just, I'm just, I just want you to know what you already know, but still. We got to remember, though, that the potter controls the wheel. The potter controls the speed of the wheel. And that we rotate. If we yield to him, we rotate according to his will. According to his will. Ah, Wheel, will. And we just need to let him spin the wheel. At whatever speed he wants to spin it. Let him mold us in whatever way he wants to mold us. The only job we have in the whole process is to yield. Now think about it. You know, it's kind of out of, out of line, but forget it. You know, I'm going back to the spinning wheel. There we go. We're on the spinning wheel. And then we want to stick our head up. We're the clay. We want to stick our head up and see what he's making us into. Let's see if we approve. What, what, what? A bowl? Lord, really? A bowl? You can, you can, you can at least make me a vase? Why I gotta be a bowl? That's, ah, you know? I mean, just think about it. We want, as the clay, we want to step up and we want to, we want to, uh, supervise God's uh, process on the wheel and complain about what he's making us into. Wait a minute, Potter. Uh huh. <laughs> well, that's, that's right. Said, at least it's not an ashtray. And sometimes our desires and, and our plans for what we think, how, how we think it would be best for God to work in our lives gets in the way. And here we are, the clay, you know, having an attitude with the potter because the potter isn't forming us the way we want to be formed. That's really what's at play here, right? I'll say amen to myself. But he's in control of it all. Never forget that he's still in control, regardless of what you're facing in life and that all things are eventually going to work out for your good but he's going to do it in a way that's conforming Christ in you. You know, that is he's going to do it in a way that's conforming you into the image of Christ. That's a better way to put it. That might not be the way we prefer. That might not be the way that feels the best, but it's the, but it's the way that's going to produce the most fruit. One last instrument that the uh, potter uses is his hands. 
While the clay spins on the wheel, it is never out of contact with the potter's hand. Everything, every little shape, every contour, everything about that clay is shaped by the hands of the potter. He's in constant contact, molding, shaping, bringing the clay along through his loving guidance. If he were to ever, anybody know what would happen while that clay is spinning if the potter were to remove his hands from it? Uh, uh, we need more than sign language. Somebody speak up. Swung around and it's going to fly everywhere. It's going to fly apart. Right? You're going to have clay shooting everywhere. It will spin right off the wheel and pretty much all would be lost. Therefore, he remains there with the clay and brings it along until it becomes what he desires it to be. You know, at times I am that clay observing God and, 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 and having an attitude about what it looks like he's forming me into. Or complaining about the process. Does it have to take so long? Why do I have to go through this? Yada, yada, yada. Just whining. And I'm not talking about back in the day. I'm talking about right now. Alright, alright. So, I'm being a little open with you. I still uh, struggle in those areas from time to time. But I realize more and more each day how, how destructive that attitude is. And the longer I walk with him, I realize how important it is and how critical it is for me to just, for me to just yield and say, God, whatever it is you're desiring to do, however it is you're desiring to shape me, whatever it is you want to take me through, Lord, here am I, send me, do it in me, do whatever it is in your heart to do. Have that merry attitude, Lord, I don't know. <laughs> Okay, I got a couple questions. How am I going to get pregnant again? Well, be it unto me, as you say. That's the best you can respond. Be it unto me, as you say. But what a picture of God. There are times when God seems remote, removed, millions of miles away from us and from my needs. However, he's promised that he'll never leave us nor forsake us. So we don't ever have to be afraid that he's going to walk out on us and abandon us to our own devices. Amen? So I'm going to flip a little bit and start talking about the vessel.
If you turn your attention back to the scripture that I read in the at the very beginning, when the Lord spoke to Jeremiah, he told him to go to the potter's house and then listen to his words. I want to read what Jeremiah observed when he looked into the window. He says, then I went down to the potter's house and there he was making something at the wheel. Did not yet know what that something was going to be, but that doesn't matter. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. Now, again, it was marred in the making, in the process of being made. It was not yet a vessel. So he made it again into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make. I think it's important to realize that the vessel was marred while in the potter's hand. Not out of his hand. It, the, the, it was marred while in the potter's hand. It was marred while it was being shaped and worked on by the potter. It was still marred during that process. Doing the intimate work of the potter. You can still be in God's hands and still be marred. You could be being worked on and developed and guided by the Lord and still be marred. All right? It doesn't mean that you are distant from him. It doesn't mean that you're outside of a relationship with him. It, you can be right smack in the middle exactly what God wants you to be and still. Be marred. But also observe what the potter did. The potter didn't get frustrated. The potter didn't take the clay and throw it against the wall. The potter didn't throw it in the trash. The potter was patient. The potter just took the clay, reclumped it back up, and began the process all over again. He said, as long as the clay is still pliable, all right, as long as the clay is still useful enough for him to work with, as long as it's in a good enough condition for him to shape and mold, hey, that's all God needs. Are we pliable? All right? Are we still flexible? Are we still open to the way God wants to work in our lives? We may have screwed up before. All right. We may have retreated from him a little bit because of the way we responded to things that happened in our lives. But, but all hope is not lost. The potter is not mad at you. The potter is patient and loving and he is still ready. Okay. When you get through with that little fit. Oh, I can work with this. Yeah. There's a blemish there. Let me pinch that off. Let me roll it back up. This is still something precious. This is, this, this, I already see, this is a, oh yeah, he's a bowl. Yeah. going to be a pretty bowl. <laughs> I love bowls. All the while, the clay had nothing really to say in the matter. The clay was marred. I, I don't even know what happened. 
I don't know enough of the process to know what often happens and how clay gets marred and so forth. Maybe an air bubble was in there that wasn't pounded out quite right. You know, maybe something was in there that didn't get, um, didn't get strained out right and there may have been some, uh, some impediments in there. Whatever it was, it was marred. Many of us here, probably every one of us has been marred in some way or another. Some of us still carry the scars of those Mars. Man, the rhyming up here. Still carry the scars. They still affect us today. They affect us how we see each other, see ourselves. Some of them affect how we perceive others see us. And it affects our ability to, 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 to really love others. It affects our ability to love ourselves. It affects our ability to be used of him in the way that he wants to use us. And he wants us to be free from those things you know it doesn't matter how bad you think it is god already knows it right it's not like you know oh let me let me uh uh, find that scripture Well, I tell you, basically the scripture says that God knows, he sees all, everything is naked and open before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. All right? There is not a thing about you that he doesn't know. There's not a thing about your life that he is not privy to. All right? He knows all the ugly as well as all the pretty. Now, we don't mind people seeing the pretty. All right, that speaks well of us. The ugly, we want to hide that and kick it under a rug. We want to put it in the closet. We don't want people to see that because if people saw that part about us, then they might condemn us. They may not accept us for who we are. Isn't it wonderful to have a God that sees it all, yet loves you still the same? He knows the whole story, yet he loves you unconditionally. All right, it doesn't matter what your warts are. It doesn't matter what your blemishes are. It doesn't matter how serious your mar was. The potter is patient. The potter is loving. The potter is kind. And he'll just make you again. He'll just start the process of making you into a vessel over again. And and some of you, Even now, that marred vessel. Even now. And the Lord will tell you today that it's time for you to yield. Yield to his loving arms. Yield to his loving hands. Yield to him on the wheel. Don't be fretting over what he's going to make you. Just trust the hands of the potter. Trust his heart. Trust his intentions. And let him do what is in his heart to do. 
As long as clay is moldable and pliable in his hands, the potter will rework it and reform it until he is able to produce a vessel of honor. A vessel that the vessel that he desires. Some of you even now may be looking back through the video screen of your mind. Seeing all the times you've been misshapen, marred in the potter's hands. That's that's good. I'm not going to discourage you from doing that. But if you go back far enough and you remember how those whole things played out, you'll probably notice now how God lovingly pressed his hands upon you and began the process each time. He didn't abandon you. He didn't throw you away. He didn't throw you up against the wall in frustrations or kick you. He just lovingly kept caressing you, molding you, shaping you, because he still saw the value in you. He was too invested to let you go. Imagine how much investment that takes. You go out, you take a shovel, and you're digging into the ground. I don't even like digging the flower gardens for my wife. But you're digging in the ground, and you're digging up, and you're not trying to plant something. You're digging to find clay. Then in its original form, it isn't worth anything to you. But you're digging up this worthless thing because you see the precious, you see the potential to make something precious and valuable and usable out of it. That's what kind of God we serve. He's too invested in you. He didn't dig you up to throw you away. He didn't put you through the process of drying you out, putting you in water so that, you know, so he can get all the impurities out of you and so that you, so he can produce the silt. He didn't take you through step by step and invest all that time and energy and, and, and love and all that to just abandon you because you got marred. He, he, he's too committed. He's, he's too into you. He's too invested to do that. He's not turning back. He's committed for life. Amen? So let's give him some credit. All right? (laughs) All right? Let's give him some credit. You know, thank God he's not like we, like we act most of the time. You know what? He's God. Thank God I'm not God. Y'all would have been gone a long time ago. And that speaks more about me than it does you. (laughs) But thank God our Heavenly Father ain't us. So 
He didn't chuck us away and start with a fresh new piece of clay. Thank you, Jesus, that you didn't throw me away. Hallelujah. I want you all to just kind of close your eyes right now. And realize as you're realizing all over this morning that you're realizing that you're on the wheel. The potter's got the wheel spinning. For some of us, he's spinning that wheel a little faster than others. But we're all being spun by the master. The master that loves us so much that though we have become marred, he is not, he's not frustrated. He's not deterred. He still sees the same potential in you that he saw the moment he dug you out of the ground. (laughs) You're not just clay, you're his clay. You're not just marred clay, you're his marred clay. And you're still in his hands. You're still on his wheel. You're still in his heart and you're still in his plans. Thank you, Lord. The Lord uses a lot of tools in the process of conforming you into his son. In the process of conforming you into a vessel of honor fit For the master's use. And that's one more thing I want to remind, I want to, I want to talk, uh, say to you this morning is that when the potter makes a vessel, he doesn't make the vessel just for it to sit and collect dust. Okay. And maybe somebody needed to hear that, you know, but, but the vessel was made for a purpose. Some vessels are going to be made to eat out of, you know. Some of you are going to be filled with his word and you're going to be able to feed others the word of God in your own unique way. You know, vessels of honor can also take water. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Holy Spirit is going to be bubbling up out of you and just, and just, and just washing over people and, and, and the kingdom as the kingdom is just manifest. I mean, these vessels can be used for many purposes and, and, and there is a purpose and plan for your life. Not to sit and collect dust, not to sit and just be a ornament, a a decorative ornament, but to be useful. Every man, woman, girl, and boy in this church today in God's hands is a vessel of honor and is useful for the kingdom, useful for God. 
Now I want you to take a moment, continue to take a moment, just kind of just, just, just be before God in quietness. And think on where you're at right now with him. You've been on the wheel. Well, maybe you've been pounded by the mallet. Maybe you're in the pounded by the mallet phase. You're only, I want to remind you, your only job is to yield to the potter and allow him to do what it is in his heart to do in your life. So I want to challenge you. If you haven't yielded to him, decided that, you know what? I'm going to lean on God and trust in God. I'm going to trust in him and the things I don't understand, I'm just going to lean harder and trust that this is all part of the process that he's using to fully make me what he's called me to be. Instead of resisting, I'm going to start yielding. Instead of complaining, going to thank him and praise him in all things. Many of you may not know this song, but uh, Marvin Sapp, a song that I've really loved for a couple of years now is that he saw, it says that he saw the best in me when everyone else around me could only see the worst in me. And if you've, and if you've been Mark Clay, you probably felt a little bit about, felt a little like that. God sees the best in you. When everyone else around you, including yourself, so at times, can only see the worst in you. And you know what? God wants you to give that junk up today. All right? Just give it up. Just yield to him. Let him spin you on that wheel and make you the vessel he wants to make you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to ask you all to stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If anyone needs uh, ministry or prayer, uh, I want to invite you to come. If you just want to be able to declare to someone that, you know what, God really convicted me this morning, and I just want to declare that I have made the decision that I'm going to yield to him on that wheel. I've been resisting. I've been complaining. I've been arguing about what I should be made into instead of just yielding to the will of the potter. 
and uh, I'm going to publicly proclaim uh, to someone that uh, uh, I just repented from that. And uh, from this day forward, by God's grace, I am yielded to the master's will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you're here today and you don't know the master, if you don't know our heavenly potter, uh, please do not leave without giving me an opportunity to to talk to you about the Lord. It would be an honor and a privilege. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you for this wonderful time. We thank you, Father God, for ministering to our hearts and for reminding us of your truth, Father God, reminding us that you are a loving, patient, faithful potter. Reminding us of your intentions toward us and that we have a purpose in you. Thank you, Father God, for breaking through the lies that we tell ourselves and the lies that the world tells us, the lies that the enemy tells us. Thank you for breaking through the barrier of lies, Father God, and and, and shining and letting the light of your truth shine in our hearts today. It is my prayer, Father God, that each of us, to a man, to a woman, to a child, comes to a place where we yield and trust you wholeheartedly, allow you to do the work that you purpose to do in our lives, Father. When we're marred, whatever the marring was caused by, that we don't let the Mars lie to us about who you are and our relationship with you. So I pray that we become a bunch of yielded vessels, Father God, <laughs> being molded, having full, Christ fully formed in us, Father God, and, and being used for your glory and honor, Father. I pray your blessings and favor on your people, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.